Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82. A Psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Kenar speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. Today is April 21st, 2012. Happy Shabbat to everyone. Well, there's really nothing really major going on in the news right now, at least not out in the open. Um, you know that there's been rumors going on that eventually the United States and possibly NATO will and Israel attack Iran. But uh, what you need to do is continue to pay attention to the news. Uh, we don't know when any of these things are going to happen, but again, a popular scripture that I like to turn to in uh, Luke chapter 21. Let's turn there, Luke chapter 21. going to read this in the complete Jewish Bible version for clarity's sake. Luke 21, verse 34, but keep watch on yourselves. So we need to keep watch on ourselves, our behavior, how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves, basically, because uh, we, to, as I was telling my wife today, uh, in order for us to learn how to love other people, we have to learn how to love ourselves. But anyway, keep watching yourselves or your hearts or your minds will be dulled by carousing, drunkenness, and the worries of everyday living. And that day, what day is he talking about? The day of his second coming will be sprung upon you suddenly like a trap. Verse 35, for it will close in on everyone no matter where they live throughout the whole world. And I'm not talking about a surprise rapture where everyone's taken up to heaven and, and then they view all the other people suffering while they're at peace in heaven. I'm not talking about that. Uh, he does state that when he comes, it'll be like a thief in the night to those who will be on the earth and have no clue at that time. In verse 35, for it will close in on everyone, no matter where they live, throughout the whole world. But he's telling the believers, those who are listening to me and believing what I'm saying, and to other Torah teachers or, or ministers, um, verse 36, stay alert. And he's telling us to stay alert mentally, 
always praying that you will have the strength to escape all the things that will happen and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, complete Jewish Bible version again. But you have no need to have anything written to you, brothers, about the times and dates when this will happen. Verse 2, because you yourselves will know that the day of the Lord, the day is natural day when he lands his feet on the Mount of Olives, which is outlined in detail, well, not in detail, but a little more detail, in Zechariah chapter 14. Verse 3, when people are saying everyone is so peaceful and secure, like people are feeling right now that, especially in this country, United States, uh, everything's okay. As long as everything's okay with me, the world is okay. That's not true. When people are saying everything is so peaceful and secure, then destruction will suddenly come upon them, the way labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there is no way they will escape. Verse 4, but you, brothers, are not in the dark, so that the, the day should take you by surprise like a thief. For you are all people who belong to the light, who belong to the day. We don't belong to the night or to darkness. Verse 6, so let's not asleep like the rest are. So the majority of people on the earth are asleep. On the contrary, let us stay alert and sober. Verse 7, people who sleep, sleep at night, and people who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us stay sober, putting on trust and love as a breastplate and hope of being delivered as a helmet. So, and you may be wondering, what is the thief of the night? What was he talking about? But it's two ways of looking at it. Thief of the night can be interpreted at the time when um, the Levites had to serve at the temple. They, they fell asleep, and then uh, they had to be woken up. Uh, that was a Jewish idiom for the thief of the night. But a Bible interpretation of this in, in Revelation, let's turn to Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16. Turn that volume down here. Okay, Revelation chapter 16. I'm going to read this in the King James Version here. And um, this is a section that's talking about the sixth vial that's going to be tossed on the earth by an angel. Remember when you, and I, I'm going to do a thorough study of the book of Revelation uh, in the future, uh, Elohim willing, or God willing. Uh, I mean a detailed explanation of the, of the book of Revelation. But right now, we're just going to have to just uh, review this, this section here to, to make my point about what the thief of the night is. All right, so... Revelation 16, verse 12, and the, the all the punishments or judgments of God on the earth. Uh, hold your place here in Revelation chapter 16. I want to show you something in Isaiah chapter 26. And I'm going to talk about this scripture often because people need to know this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9. Isaiah 26, verse 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yes, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early for when thy judgments are in the earth, 
What does judgments mean in the original Hebrew? Let's look at that here. It means mishpaten or mishpah. It means a verdict, a sentence, a determination. That's what it means. So when his determinations or judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. So when all these problems and issues that the Bible talks about specifically in the book of Revelation occur, that's when people finally will wake up out of their sleep, the majority of people anyway. But there's going to be a few people that are awake right now and have been awake throughout the ages, the few who don't need punishments, who don't need tornadoes and hurricanes and wars and famines and diseases and earthquakes to wake them up. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, gives you a description of these people. Matthew 7 verse 14, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Few. That word few in the original Greek means oligos. And it means puny. Puny. Short. So is that that many people, unfortunately, that are going to get it? And I'm going to, this Bible study that I'm going to do on the Ten Commandments, is going to show you even back then when, when God's presence was there in the form of uh, the pre-existent Yeshua, the angel of the Lord, the word of God, people still didn't take him seriously. And it was only a few, actually uh, Joshua and Caleb, that were allowed to, to go to the promised land. And all the rest of that generation that was wicked was destroyed or allowed to die and not go to the... Uh, go into the promised land, but their descendants were. So it, it, we have a serious problem, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to wanting to obey God. We always have, ever since the first sin was committed by a human being. We have always had this, this problem. Of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us a solution to this problem through the Messiah, the Messiah, through his Holy Spirit, will help us obey the commandments that many of us today resist and don't want to obey. But as you're going to see today, the commandments are the key to salvation, despite what ministers have falsely preached for many years in this country and around the world. The commandments are the key to having eternal life. Yeshua stated that, and I'm going to quote that scripture to you later on in this program. So anyway, what we need to understand is the Ten Commandments were given. Well, actually, let me go back <laughs> before I forget here. Back to the thief of the night. There's so many things to talk about and so little time to, to talk about it. Revelation chapter 16. Let me get through defining what the thief of the night is according to what Yeshua stated here in, in the uh, book of Revelation here that was written by John under the inspiration of Almighty Elohim. Okay, so 
Revelation 16, verse 12, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, which is in the Middle East, near the area of Iraq. Actually, the, the, the river Euphrates goes through Iraq. And the water, therefore, was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon. Out of the, the dragon is uh, the devil. Revelation 12, verse 9 tells you that. And out of the mouth of the beast, we know the beast uh, is the leader of the beast kingdom, and also the beast can refer to the actual kingdom that the beast, the human beast, uh, is ruling over. And out of the mouth of the false prophet, which would be the re religious leader that the beast uh, is using to deceive people. Verse 14, And they are the spirits of devils, Working miracles. So devils can work miracles, folks. Right, let's, let's understand that. Uh, miracles are not only worked by God, but also demons. And this word means, in, in the Greek, say mean, and it means uh, ceremonially or supernaturally, miracle. So demons can work miracles. The Bible says so. So whenever we see healings or, or whatever, it's not necessarily from God, folks. Uh, the devil's also can work miracles. Go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day and is a literal day of God Almighty. Now, in verse 15, Yeshua helps us here to help us understand what he meant when he said that he comes as a thief. Revelation 16, verse 15, Behold, I come as a thief. He's talking about this event, the day of the Lord. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, that he walk naked, and they see his shame. In verse 16, and he gathered them together into a place called, in Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. So what the thief of the night is referring to is his surprise coming, and it's a surprise coming to the people on the earth at this time, because they are not into God, not into reading the scriptures, they have no clue what is going on here? And so when he comes back, is going to be as a thief of the night to the majority of people in the world at, the, at that particular period of time. So that's what that's referring to, and that's what he was talking about. If we use the scriptures to interpret other scriptures. Okay. So I have explained that to you. So we need to be aware of what's going on, folks. And, you know, things are really getting bad, and I wouldn't be a true servant of God if I didn't tell you that you need to be prepared for some horrendous things that are going to be occurring here. And I can't tell you what years, what months, what day, but it's pretty obvious uh, when you look at what's going on in the world right now uh, that we are really, really living in perilous times. Uh, in Proverbs 22, verse 3, it says, A prudent man foresees the evil. And hides himself. But the simple. Don't be simple. What does simple mean in the original Hebrew that it was translated from? Simple means be silly, foolish. Let's not be silly. When we look at, when we hear of things in the news about kids, teenagers going shooting people at school and all that, I never heard of that 40, 50 years ago. Well, actually, no, I could say 50 years ago, but... but 30 years ago or, or 20 years ago. I'm not that old. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, I've never heard of that before. And ever since 1972 with the abominable uh, Woe versus Wade uh, 
judgment or ruling that abortions can be allowed in this country. That is an end time event. I mean, that's been going on for for a lot a long time. It's been millions of babies. I know that uh, based on this video, I saw it's like four thousand abortions every day in this country. That that's horrendously wicked, folks. And you think Yahweh or Elohim is going to not judge, or Yehovah is not going to judge this country for that? Yes, he is, and he's doing that. And uh, you should not be surprised by any earthquakes or hurricanes or tornadoes or any other things that he's going to use to get our attention, folks. You, you, you should not be surprised. I, I have an article on my website that explains that he does use weather disturbances to wake us up. It's called God and Hurricanes. So you you, you can... Go on my website and click uh, Bible Studies and then click God and Hurricanes. I may change the title of that article in the future. But anyway, again, let's understand. Let me read this in an easier version so you can understand what this is talking about. Uh, This is in the um, 1965 Bible and Basic English Version. The sharp man sees the evil and takes cover. The simple go straight on and get into trouble. Okay, so let's be sharp. Let's not be idiots. Okay, and let's understand, even FEMA, even FEMA tells us to be prepared. Be prepared for any eventualities. If you looked and understood what was going on uh, with Katrina, how long did it take for the government to finally come and help people? You need to prepare. You need to prepare for any type of emergencies, including the Great Tribulation that's going to come upon this earth soon. Let's not wait for something to happen and then do something. You have to be what is called proactive, not reactive. God is proactive. We need to be proactive. We need to follow his example. Okay. So let's get into the Bible study today. The Ten Commandments. I know many people may have heard of the Ten Commandments before. Uh, These commandments, or how the Jews put it, the Ten Words, were written. By the finger of God. And uh, let me prove that to you. Uh, I'm going to quote several scriptures to prove to you that it was written by the actual finger of God. Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31, starting in verse 18. And when his talk with Moses on Mount Sinai was ended, which was in uh, Saudi Arabia, according to the uh, apostolic scriptures, he gave him the two stones of the law, or the Torah, that's what law means in Hebrew, the teachings of God, two stones on which was the writing made by the finger of Elohim. All right, so this is actually written by Elohim, and uh, Elohim is plural, and uh, Yeshua stated, no one's seen in the Father, so actually, actually it was him writing on the two tables of stone the actual commandments of Elohim, the first ten. There's more, as I'm going to get into today in the Bible study. But the first ten are actually a summation of all the rest, and they're very significant. Exodus chapter 32, verse 16. The stones were the work of God, 
and the writing was the writing of God, cut on the stones. So again, uh, the Bible indicates that the Ten Commandments were written by the actual finger of God. That, that's originally it was written by God. Okay, of course Moses put the Ten Commandments in a book called the Law of Moses, which many people think is separate from the Law of God, and it's not. And I'm going to hopefully prove that to you today that the Law of Moses is the Law of God. It's called the Law of Moses because God used Moses in administering the Law, or the Torah, or the teachings of God. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse thirteen. I love this translation because uh, the 1965 Bible and Basic English Version translates in a lot of cases the word covenant as agreement. That's what covenant means, agreement, and people think that the covenant means the law. No, it means the agreement to keep the law. Deuteronomy 4, verse 13, And he gave you his agreement with you, the ten rules or commandments which you were to keep, which he put in writing on the two stones of the law of the Torah. And then Deuteronomy chapter 10, starting in verse 1 in the, in the um, Bible and basic English version. Uh, at that time, the Lord said to me, make two other stones cut like the first two. And this is after they, we're going to get into that today, uh, when they rebelled and they did wickedness and so forth. And he, he broke the, in anger, uh, Moses, or Moses broke the first two tablets of stone that God wrote with his finger, or Elohim wrote with his finger. And then he's telling him again to get two new stones. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, verse 1. At that time the Lord said to me, Make two other stones cut like the first two, and come up to me on the mountain and make an ark of wood. And I will put on the stones the words which were on the first stones, which were broken by you, and you are to put them into the ark. And so that's where they belonged in the ark of the covenant which is another Bible study in itself. Uh, I'll read the rest of this here in verse 3. So I made an ark of hard wood and had two stones cut like the others and went up the mountain with the stones in my hands, in verse 4. And he put on the stones, as in the first writing, the ten rules or the commandments which the Lord gave you on the mountain uh, out of the fire on the day of the great meeting, and the Lord gave the stones to me. All right. So that gives you a picture here of the Ten Commandments, and, and I hope you realize that, uh, or actually Exodus 34, let me quote this one here, Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. And for forty days and forty nights Moses was there with the Lord, and in that time he had no food or drink, and he put in the writing on the stones the words of the agreement, the ten rules of the law. So, we know that God wrote the Ten Commandments. Now, what other works of God and what does the work of God involve? You may be surprised by this scripture that I'm getting ready to quote you here. You know, there's a big deception among Christianity. I was talking to a believer yesterday about this, and, and it's just, yes, yeah, salvation does have something to do with keeping the commandments, folks. I can show you. Now, let's get something straight. We're not going to earn salvation for keeping the commandments. That's pretty clear based on the fact that we all are born in the sin and that Yeshua, the Messiah, had to come to die to give us to remove the death penalty. But there's still something that we have to do. We can't just say, okay, well, Yeshua's blood is splashed on me, so whenever I sin, 
that's what's going to happen spiritually, so I don't have to worry about keeping the commandments. That, that's ridiculous, and I'm going to show you how ridiculous that is. And I'm going to quote to you a scripture from Yeshua's own mouth that told us that you're not going to reach or, or, or have eternal life if you don't keep the commandments. Uh, Psalm 78, verse 7. So that they might put their hope in God and not let God's works go out of their minds, but keep his laws. Okay? So that's Psalm. And remember this. This is a pretty significant scripture here. Psalm 87. I mean, Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verse 7. Psalm 78, verse 7. Now, the book of Psalms is not just a book uh, of, sing, uh, of words to, to, to make music out of. It's also a book that has a lot of truth in it. Remember, Matthew 4, verse 4 states that we must live by every word of God. The book of Psalms is certainly part of the word of God, folks, and it has a lot of prophecy. It has a significant uh, amount of prophecy. It also has um, some good common sense in it, and it has some truth in it. Psalm 78, verse 7, so that they might put their hope in God and not let God's works go out of their minds, but keep his laws. That's how you do the work of God, is by keeping his commandments. Faith must have works. The Lord's brother stated that in James chapter 2, and I'm sick and tired, and God is sick and tired of hearing all these false ministers preaching, that we're saved by grace, you don't have to do any works. When the Lord's brother, James, stated contrary to that, and Paul did, and all the rest of the, uh, of the apostles, and Yeshua himself. Psalm 78, verse 7, so that they might put their hope in God and not let God's works go out of their minds, but keep his laws of Torah. Psalm 78, verse 7. It's important that you understand that scripture, folks. Keep his laws, his mitzvahs. Okay, and in Psalm 119, verse 166. Psalm 119, verse 166. States the following. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation. How do we hope for salvation, folks? And done thy commandments. That's how you hope for salvation, by keeping the commandments, folks. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, you're saying, well, that's just for the Jews. <laughs> well, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, starting, starting in verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. How do we fear God? Proverbs 8, verse 13, by hating evil. And how are we to hate evil? By keeping his commandments. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Man means mankind. So that is the duty of all of mankind, not just the Jews. Not just the Jews, folks. So we must understand that. Now, let's go over what Jesus said, and then we're going to go into the history of the Ten Commandments after I 
prove through the scriptures that we must all still continue to keep the Ten Commandments and all the rest of the commandments to the best of our ability. First, let's go to what he said out of his own mouth in, in, in red letters in the King James Version in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Think not. You know, he tells us not to think this, and yet we think it today. <laughs> think not that I have come to destroy the law, the Torah, or the prophets, which is the entire Tanakh or Old Testament. He did not come to destroy it. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Many people say, well, he kept the commandments for us, well, we don't have to. That's what fulfill means. It does not mean that. It means that he came to clarify to help you to understand how to keep the commandments. Because, let's understand something. Hold your place here and turn to John. I guess in chapter 7 here. In verse 19, he said, Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keep the law? Why do you go about to kill me? So the majority of them at the time didn't understand how to properly keep the law. And that's in John 7, verse 19. And so he came to help them to understand it better. And many people don't understand that significant truth. So anyway, back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, to all be fulfilled. So, you know, I'm looking in the sky right now, trying to anyway, and I see uh, the sky and I, and I see the earth is still here. So, obviously, uh, the Torah, or the teachings of God, has not passed. Verse 19, Wherefore, wheresoever, therefore shall break, wheresoever, therefore shall break one of the least commandments, and, and many people think the Shabbat, or keeping the Sabbath, is one of the least, but he's telling you you shouldn't even break those, and I'm telling you, the Sabbath is not the least, but I'm just saying many people think that. Whatsoever therefore shall, well, whosoever therefore, whosoever, I'm sorry, whosoever therefore shall break one of the least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, or the Torah teachers and, and the Pharisees, the ones that are hypocritical and, and not teaching correctly, uh, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so this is very important to understand that. And then he goes and he gives a better understanding of, of certain commandments that he didn't understand properly. So he came to, to give clarification of the law, not to uh, do away with it. So let's let's understand that. First uh, John chapter two. So do you believe those words of Yeshua, Jesus? I do. First John chapter two verse one. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, what is the definition of sin? Most people don't even know that, unfortunately. 
Let's turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. It's a clear definition of what sin is. 1 John 3, verse 4. Whoever commits sin transgresses the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Torah. Now, in the New Testament, it states plainly that we should not sin. Sin is the transgression of the law, which is the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses, which has uh, the Ten Commandments in it and the other laws. First John 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And righteousness, Psalm 119, verse 172, means keeping the commandments. Verse 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? I know that's a word here that uh, perhaps should have been translated a little easier. But it means atonement. Okay, he has atoned for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So again, the commandments... And not sinning is not just for the Jews, but for everyone. We must obey the commandments. Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So if you keep the commandments of Elohim, you know Elohim. Verse 4, he that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar. And the truth, what is the truth? The truth is the law of God. Psalm 119, verse 142. Psalm 119, verse 142. And the truth is not in him. Verse 5. Because how can the truth be in you if you're not keeping the commandments? Because the commandments is truth. Verse 5. First John 2, verse 5. But whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. What is the love of God? It's plain definitions in the scriptures in any version you want to pick. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And I'm going to go, uh, yeah, this is Romans 13, verse 8. And then verse 10, let me skip there. Romans 13, verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, colon, continue the thought. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. What does the word fulfilling mean? If we want to get detailed and specific, the word fulfilling in the Greek means play Roma, and it means repletion, completion, what fills. Okay? It means to, to do something. It's the completion or filling of the law. So we must obey the law of God to truly love people, folks. First John 5, verse 3. Verse 1. Let me start in verse 1. Get the context. 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the Messiah, or the Christ, is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat love of him, also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. So loving God, you can't separate love from the commandments, and you can't separate from commandments from love. It's one and the same. Verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. We keep his commandments, and his commandments, despite what ministers, many false ministers preach, are not grievous, uh, weighty. That's what that means in, in the original Greek, barus. It means weighty, that is burdensome, grave, grievous, heavy, weightier. Okay, so let's understand that. So anyway. 
We know what the love of God is, is keeping the commandments. We know what sin is, is the transgression of, uh, of, of, uh, of the law, disobeying the law of God, the Torah of God, the teachings of God, the regulations, the judgments, etc. Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Okay, in verse 4, he that says, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, but whoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected, which we know has something to do, again, with keeping the commandments. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that says he abideth in him himself also to walk, even as he walked. He's talking about the Messiah, how he walked, what he did. For those who truly say they are a believer, they must do what he did. And one of the things that he did was keep his father's commandments. John 15, verse 10. I just read to you that he kept his father's commandments. Uh, that Wait a minute. That he did not come to destroy the Old Testament, which was the law and the prophets. That's the Jewish idiom meaning of the Tanakh or the, the Old Testament. All right, so John... Chapter 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. There's no difference between uh, Yeshua's commandments and God's commandments. They're, they're one and the same. Uh, John 10, verse 30, proves this when he states that I and my Father are one, meaning that they are in unity. Uh, he, did no, he did not go contrary to what his Father taught him, despite what people are errantly preaching about that. He does not have a different set of commandments than what the Father uh, told him. So let's let's understand that. Okay, so let's go back here. Let's prove another point. Now we know that he kept the commandments. Uh, there's there's a scripture I want to quote you here about his custom of keeping the, the the Sabbath, because many people perhaps don't know that that's what he did uh, consistently. Um, Luke 4, verse 16, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, custom means uh, etho in Greek, and it means uh, custom. He went into the synagogue on a Shabbat or Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So he did this every Shabbat. He went into the synagogue. And if we can have the opportunity to do it, go into a Jewish synagogue, and then Jews would accept believers that believe in Yeshua the Messiah, we should do that. I know there are some Messianic uh, synagogues. Messianics are, are Jews that believe in Yeshua. You should go to those if you can, and if they are teaching properly and so forth, just like he did. But that's one of the things that Yeshua did. He he kept the Shabbat. We should be doing the same. We should be walking in his footsteps. And that's what he did. And if you're not doing that, you're not truly believing in him and following his example. In John chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 6, it plainly states here, And Jesus said unto him, I am the way. He's the way. What's that word way in the original Greek? Hold us. It means... He's the road. He's the progress. He's the means. He's the means. He's the road. He's the progress. He's the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
Okay, so we have to follow his his example, and we must follow in his footsteps. And we don't do that. We're playing games, and we're not really believers, folks. Now, in John chapter, I'm sorry, Hebrews 13, verse 8, is a significant scripture. Hebrews 13, verse 8 states, Jesus Christ, or Yeshua Messiah, is the same yesterday and today and forever. So he was keeping the commandments in the first century. He's still keeping the commandments today. And he will be keeping the commandments forever. And so should we. Now, another significant scripture, Galatians 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20. States the following. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And, of course, spiritually. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, if spiritually Yeshua is living in you, he's going to be keeping those commandments and influencing you to keep those commandments as well. Because I read you Hebrews 13, verse 8. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so these are some scriptures that you really cannot refute or argue. I mean, you can argue all you want, but but it's the truth. And then um, Matthew chapter 22. You have people saying, well, all we got to do is love our neighbor as ourselves, but, but how do you love? I already explained to you what love is. It's keeping the commandments. So uh, in Matthew chapter 22, uh, I don't think we're doing a great job of loving our neighbor. If you just look at the turn CNN and look at the news, we're, we're obviously not keeping the commandments, folks, so we're not loving our neighbors uh, as we should. Uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? In verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, which is the Shema, which is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, starting in verse 4. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, with all thy life, soul, and with all thy mind. Again, our heart, heart is your inner inner workings, and, and with all thy soul, your life, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment in verse 39 of Matthew 22. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two hang, which is krem uh, anomi, that's uh, in Greek, and it means to hang, all the law, the Torah, and the prophets. Okay? So, you have two of the greatest commandments, love thy neighbor as thyself, and then you have the Shema. Okay, now what is the Shema state, folks? Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6 to find out. Let's start in verse 1. This is the context of the Shema. Deuteronomy 6 verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do in the land whether you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. Remember, fear in Proverbs 8 verse 13 means to hate evil. To keep all the statutes and the commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, which means to understand Hebraically, hear, or understand, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of the fathers have promised. Now, I have to put my little disclaimer I have to do almost every week when I 
read the word Israel, because most people, when they see Israel, they think it's Jews only. No, it's not talking about Jews only, folks. It's talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, which are found in Genesis chapter 49. The Jews are a part or consist of the tribe of Judah. But there's 11 other tribes. And I've been telling people, trying to wake people up to to, to uh, new understanding, that the United States, Canada, the countries in northwestern Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and those uh, people that are scattered worldwide that believe that Jesus is the Messiah are all a part of the commonwealth of Israel, as Ephesians chapter 2 explains. There is some information, some verifiable information that you can go to by going to Yardavidi's website, www.britam, B as in boy, R-I-T-A-M dot org. He will prove to you through the Bible and also through outside Bible sources that the United States is a part of the tribes of Israel. So, now you have a better understanding of that, hopefully. So when you see Israel, think of us, because we're part of Israel. Deuteronomy 6, verse 3. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers have promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Milk and honey. Verse 4. Hear, or understand, or Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, one ekad, is a compound unity. Verse 5, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and all thy soul and with all thy might. That's what he quoted, Yeshua, out of Deuteronomy. And verse 6, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and you shall teach them diligently until that. This is the reason why these kids today are out of their minds, basically, is because the majority of parents aren't following the Shema. They're not teaching their children the laws. Verse 7, and thou shalt teach them diligently. Diligently. What does that word mean in Hebrew? Shanan. It means to pierce, to inculcate, to really teach. It's like a gentleman yesterday was calling me, and he was just, almost in tears, telling me how he was teaching his daughter the law. And, and and this is how you do it. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7, Thou shalt teach them diligently until thy children, like you mean it. And thou shalt talk of them when you sit in thine house, and when they walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon thine head. This is where you get the concept of... of um, the um, I'm trying to remember what it is. It starts with a T. To Tefillin. Verse 8. And thou shalt bind him for a sign upon thy hand, and, the, and it shall be frontless between thy eyes. And you shall write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Okay? That's how serious our Lord considers the commandments, folks. And I know that people in this country and around the world aren't taking God's commandments seriously. Because if we were all keeping the commandments, the whole world would be at peace. We wouldn't have wars. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't be killing babies. Peace means there's no sin. Peace means everyone is getting along with each other. Peace means that people have what they need to survive. 
and you already have close to 50 million people in the richest country in the world that don't have enough food to eat on a daily basis. There's no excuse for that. None other than violation. Uh, there's no excuse at all. What I'm trying to say is that the laws of God, again, have been violated. That's the reason why there's utter poverty, utter poverty, not only in this country, but around the world. Okay, so, that's the first greatest commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, all thy mind. And you, and I just read that to you to help you understand that it has something to do with applying the commandments. Okay, now, love thy neighbor as thyself. Where do we get that from? Many people think that's just a New Testament law. No, it's not, folks. Again, love thy neighbor as thyself has also been quoted from the Old Testament. Let's turn to Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19, verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So, love thy neighbor as thyself was taken from Leviticus chapter 19, which if we kept many of these commandments that it's it's talking about uh, in this one particular chapter, the world would be at peace. Truly. It would be at peace. But anyway, he stated that all these laws, those two commandments hang all the law of the prophets and the rest of the commandments. And I'm going to quote from this excellent Jewish New Testament commentary by Mr. David Stern. He is a believer, a messianic or a Jewish believer of the Messiah. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, 22, look at the commentary here, what he says about this. Very good commentary here. Matthew chapter 22. I can find it here. Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22. Actually, okay, here we go. Actually, he doesn't even say anything. Well, I think he did in, in another. Um, but a point I wanted to make here is that when it says hang, it it basically is, is referring to the fact that on, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So they're interwoven together. They're connected. And, and you can't say that these are the only two commandments we must obey. Well, these two commandments basically are the summation of all the commandments of God. So that's the point that I, I'm trying to make here in reference to that, that uh, we, we must understand that um, all the commandments of God must be obeyed to the best of our ability, and the two greatest commandments is just a summation of all those other commandments. So we have to understand that. And then there's a scripture, I think, in Galatians 5, verse, uh, I think it's 14, 
Uh, Galatians 5, verse 14, For all the law of Torah is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love thy neighbor as thyself. So the whole summation of the law is fulfilled in loving thy neighbor as thyself. But the rest of the Bible shows us how to love our neighbor as ourselves. And and we have to learn how to keep the, the, the commandments. Now, another statement that I made that you may be shocked that I that I said it is that keeping the commandments has everything to do with salvation. Yes, it does, folks. Um, let's turn to Matthew chapter nineteen. Matthew chapter nineteen. And I'm, I'm starting with the New Testament, so people say, "Well, that's that's the old." You know, I know there's there's quite a few people that think that the Old Testament is toilet paper, and it's not. It's not. You sure didn't think so? Matthew chapter 19. Remember now, the Bibles that they had at the time was the Tanakh. It was the Old Testament. It wasn't the New Testament. Matthew chapter 19, verse 17. And he said unto him, Why callest me good? There is none good but one, that is God, which is pretty interesting that he said that. And that's another Bible study anyway. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. I'm going to quote this three times, folks. So I could hopefully put it into your minds. Verse 17 of Matthew chapter 19. But if you will enter life, keep the commandments. But if you will enter life, keep the commandments. But if you will enter life, keep the commandments. That is in red letters in Matthew 19 verse 17. So all these ministers are saying that you don't have to keep the commandments. They don't know what they're talking about. Verse 18, he said it to them, which, now I'm going to explain this because many ministers use this to say that we don't have to keep the Sabbath because he only listed, what, six commandments, right? But anyway, he said it to them, which, Jesus said, thou shalt not do no murder, which is the sixth commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery, which is the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not steal, which is the um, eighth commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness, which is the ninth commandment, and honor thy father, thy mother, which is the fifth commandment. And then thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, which is not part of the Ten Commandments, but is still a commandment. And it's in Leviticus chapter 19. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but he did not he did not state the um, tenth commandment, which is thou shalt not covet. So, just because he did not state thou shalt not covet, does that mean that we can all lust? Okay, let's use our common sense. Obviously, he was giving some of the commandments to tell you, he just listed some of them. But that doesn't mean that these are all the commandments that we must keep, folks. It's just an example of some of the commandments that are listed in the Bible. Again, we must live by every word of God. Sure, the Sabbath commandment is not included in here, but neither is the commandment of thou must not covet. All right, so let's let's understand now what the Scriptures are saying and not put things in there or put false concepts in the Scriptures that aren't there. All right, so I, I've explained that. I've explained what our Lord and Savior expects us to, to do. Uh, I've explained what love is, is the keeping of commandments. I explained what sin is, is the transgression of the commandments of the law of God. Um, I haven't explained to you yet 
that the commandments is part of the law of Moses. I'll do that, and then what we're going to do is listen to an audio version of how the commandments were given, a dramatic audio version. And then uh, we're going to discuss that in a little more in detail. So let's turn to First uh, Kings chapter 2 to help you understand that the law of God is the law of Moses. And First uh, Kings chapter 2. First Kings chapter 2, verse 3, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, in his ways, to, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses. So what's in the law of Moses? His ways, his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and testimonies. All of that is in the law of Moses. That you may prosper in all that you do, and where you turn thyself. And let me look look at some other scriptures here too, because that tells you what's in the, the law of Moses. Because many people think the law of Moses is just the ceremonial laws. No, the law of Moses contains everything that God told Moses. <laughs> that's what it is, folks. And and uh, that, that's been a great deception uh, that's been preached over the years, uh, that there's a difference between the law of Moses and the law of God, and there's no difference. As I've explained earlier, the law of Moses is called the law of Moses. Is God used Moses to um, give his law to the people. So that's the reason why. Okay, I'm looking for some other significant scriptures here. Well, Malachi 4, verse 4 is a significant scripture. It states here plainly, Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him unto all Hor- uh, in Horeb for all of Israel with the statutes and judgments. And, you know, Malachi chapter 4 is pretty interesting because it's in the context of hellfire. Or, yeah, and uh, Malachi 4, verse 1 says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yes, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Verse 2. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. Of the stall. Verse 3. And you shall thread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet, in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 4, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him unto Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. And then, of course, he says, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the literal day of the Lord, when he lands his feet on the Mount of Olives. Verse 6, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, that I might come and smite the earth with a curse. The reason why he has to do that, folks, let's turn to Jeremiah uh, chapter 16 to understand why uh, there needs to be reconciliation between father and son. 
Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16, verse 19. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in a day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come, or the nations shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? Verse 21. Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is Yahweh, or Yahweh, or Jehovah, or Elohim. Well, actually, the Lord here is Y-H-W-H's Tetragrammaton. So, or Y-H-V-H. So, the law of Moses. And then in Nehemiah, chapter 1, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. So he commanded the entire law or teachings of Moses, which includes the Ten Commandments. He commanded it to Israel. Verse 2. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month, which is the day of Yom Teror, or trumpets. Verse 3, And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. So he read from the morning until midday, folks, <laughs> to 12 o'clock, before the men and the women, and those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. So the law of Moses is called the book of the law. Verse 4, And Ezra the scribe stood upon the pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood uh, other people here, um, Matadiah, Shammai, and so forth. I don't have to read all those here. And verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And verse 6, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. Well, lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And uh, it talks about other people that were helping them understand. He said, and Jeshua and, and Banai and so forth caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So this, this is a, it's always going to be a room for Torah teachers, folks. But... You have to make sure that these Torah teachers, as Acts chapter 17 reveals, are teaching properly. So you check and see what, it, what they're saying is, is based on what the scriptures are, are actually revealing. Verse 8, so they read in the book of the law of God. Again, the book of the law of God is called the law of Moses distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And that's my job is to help you understand the law of God. I am a scribe. I'm a modern-day scribe. A scribe is someone who writes. Uh, someone who uh, studies the law of God on a regular basis. Uh, you should be doing that anyway, but I do it to teach it. Verse 9, And Nehemiah, which is the Tarshatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, then the Levites that taught the people, the Levites teach the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Is talking about the day of trumpets. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. Do you weep? Sometimes I do. When I read the scriptures and I realize that God is speaking to me through the scriptures, I weep. 
I weep, and you know, I weep because I know that sometimes I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm not thinking the way I should be thinking. Or I weep because I'm happy that he has revealed his truth to me. Verse 10, and then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. And that's what the holy days are all about, folks. It's a, it's a time to share and give. And I'm going to do a Bible study on the peace offering so we can understand what that really means uh, spiritually for us today, and physically, of course, back in the past. For this day is holy unto our God. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is our strength. Verse 11, so the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And again, they were doing this on the day of trumpets, one of God's holy days. Verse 12, and all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth, because they had understood the words. They were so glad and happy that they understood the Torah of God, because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Verse 13, and I hope that today that you are happy that I'm explaining these words to you. Verse 13, and on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests, the Levites, and Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. The words of the law, again, is the law of Moses. Verse 14, and they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses. That's why it's called the law of Moses, because God used, the Lord used Moses to give us the law, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths, and this is the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Feast of the Seventh Month, that's on the 15th of the month, of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth into the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths, as it is written. Verse 16, So the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths, every one upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the street of the water gate, and in the street of the gate of Ephraim, verse 17, and all the congregation or assembly of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and sat upon the booths. And this is talking about in 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Uh, he captured Jerusalem. And then, of course, uh, a lot of the Jews, the tribe of Judah at that time, went into captivity. But after 70 years, they came back, and this is what this is talking about, basically. And all the congregation that did that were come again out of the captivity, made booths, and sat under the booths for since the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun, or Joshua, the son of Nun, until this day had not the children of Israel done so. And there was great gladness. That's what the, when you obey God's commandments, folks, and his laws, and his holy days, which is a part of his commandments, folks, you have great gladness. And that's why this world doesn't have great gladness, because the majority are not keeping the commandments, folks. Verse 18, or the holy days of God, which is a part of the commandments. Verse 18, also day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God, which is the law of Moses again. And they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according to the manner. So that, you know, uh, Nehemiah, or Nehemiah chapter 8 really does explain to you that the law of Moses and the law of God is the same, folks. It's the same um, thing. Okay, so I hopefully I've explained that to you in, in, in detail and, and in clarity. Now, also one of the things I want to explain to you 
is that in addition to the Ten Commandments, the other Ten Commandments were originally written on stones. The other commandments. Many people don't don't understand that or don't realize that. Uh, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 27. I didn't realize it either until I studied the Bible and realized that that's what he stated here in, in, in uh, the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27, starting in verse 1. And Moses, with the elders of Israel, commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day. Verse 2. And it shall be on the day when you shall pass over Jordan to the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt, that thou shalt set thee up great stones and plaster them with plaster. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law. Not just the Ten Commandments, all the rest of them, because you know the, the first ten words were written on stone. When thou art passed over that thou mayest go into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land that floweth with milk and honey, as the Lord thy God of thy fathers hath promised thee. In verse 4, Therefore it shall be when you be gone over Jordan that you shall set up these stones which I command you this day in Mount Ebal, and thou shalt plaster them with plaster or plaster. Verse 5, And thou shalt build an altar unto the Lord thy God, an altar of stones. Thou shalt lift up any iron upon them, and you shall build an altar to the Lord thy God of whole stones, and thou shalt offer burnt offerings thereof upon the Lord thy God, and you shall offer peace offerings, which again, that's going to be an interesting Bible study in the future. And you shall eat there and rejoice before the Lord thy God, and you shall write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. Okay? Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up, folks, because many people think it's just Ten Commandments, uh, well, some assemblies anyway, that, that teach correctly that you should keep the Sabbath and the uh, and, and so forth, uh, the, the Ten Commandments, they say, well, the the, the the holy days of God, you don't have to keep those, and, and so forth. Well, um, uh, well, God is revealing to us here in the Scriptures that he, he considers all the rest of his commandments just as important as those Ten Commandments, folks. Um, he's having, he, he commanded Moses to tell the people to write those commandments on stones, and they did that when they did uh, with Joshua. So I just wanted to point that out to you. Okay, so let's, uh, I want to go to the audio version of um, Exodus chapter 19. I want you to really focus on this, folks. And this is the origination of the Ten Commandments to the people, to a group of people. And I, I want you to really pay attention to this and, and, and realize that this is the Word of God in dramatic form here. And the Ten Commandments... Uh, to me, is worthy of uh, dramatic audio or, or some kind of dramatics. So let's listen to Exodus 19 and 20, and um, I will be right back after you get through listening to uh, Exodus 19 and 20. Chapter 19 in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. 
Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people, and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people, and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not an hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people, and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mount, and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them. Exodus chapter 20 and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, 
or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle or thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Okay, that's the dramatic version of Exodus chapter 19 and 20. And you notice that uh, it was a, a it was a dramatic event here. This was Elohim speaking to uh, a people that he called out to be kings and priests, and uh, he gave the first Ten Commandments, and the people were afraid. And then Moses was telling them, "Hey, uh, he just he's putting some fear in you, so that you won't sin." Uh, 
and and the people did not want, and even today they don't really want God to speak to them directly, so he used Moses to speak to them. And uh, that's the reason why, if you're wondering today why um, God continues to use Torah teachers today, it's because, hey, we, we didn't want God to directly speak to us. So he indirectly speaks to us through his servants now, because that's something that we requested. And uh, something I want to, um, to point out here, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 8, the people, our ancestors, uh, Exodus 19, verse 8, they stated plainly that, uh, that they would keep the laws. And that's what I consider the first lie, collectively, because we know that they didn't. Uh, that generation did. Exodus 19, verse 8, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And we know they didn't do that. And then here's the second lie in Exodus chapter 24, verse 3, says, And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. And that's the second one. Uh, the third one is uh, verse 7 of Exodus chapter 24. And he took the book of the covenant, which is the uh, book of the agreement, not the law, but the uh, the book of the agreement to keep the law, and read in the audience of the, of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. <laughs> okay, so three times the people said that they would obey God. And what do we find here in Numbers chapter 14? I'm going to also put this in audio form because it, this is this is significant here what what happened here with our our ancestors here and and our attitude and it has something to do with food folks you know we we, we seem to have a food problem here in this country and and uh israel my, ancient israel and modern israel is the same we, we lust for food and we put food above even obeying god and, and god doesn't want us doing that just like in Matthew chapter 4, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. But uh, let's let's listen to Numbers chapter 14. Let's listen to what happened here, and uh, let's learn from it. And I'm going to hopefully remember to quote uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But let's go ahead and, and listen to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, 
Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? I will smite them with a the pestilence and disinherit them, and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud, and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekite and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you, and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land, concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses they shall fall in this wilderness, 
and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of the days in which ye search the land, even forty days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities, even forty years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned, and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning, and got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword. Because ye are turned away from the Lord, therefore the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down, and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill, and smote them, and discomfited them even unto Hormah. Okay, so you Numbers, see... Chapter 15. Oops. And the Lord... Here. So you see, basically... Um, that the murmuring, and I, I forgot to mention this other scriptures too, in Deuteronomy um, chapter 8 and, and other parts, you know, God had purposely tested the Israelites uh, to starve them. Actually, let's go there here. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Verse 2, And you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knew not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Um, mouth of the Lord does man live. Verse 4. Thy raiment wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Verse 5. And you shall also consider in thine heart that as a man chastises his son, so the Lord God chastises thee. Verse 6. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Okay, so... That that's the reason why he did that, and unfortunately they murmured, as he stated ten times, and some of that murmuring has something to do with food. 
they were complaining, oh, I wish we would have had the food in Egypt and all that, you know, and, and he was getting sick and tired of that stuff. And so if it wasn't for Moses, he would have wiped out that entire generation, as, as uh, you uh, listened to. Uh, it's in Numbers chapter 14. But we, the ancient Israelites had a problem obeying God, and we do today. And in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, says because the, the carnal mind, that's a mind that doesn't have the spirit of God and is not in tune with God, is enmity, that means hostile, against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And that's what was going on back then. Because of them not rebelling, they didn't have the Holy Spirit to to keep the commandments. And in 1 Corinthians, for those who, who doubt that this is not for us today, uh, what I just read to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all immersed unto Moses into the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, And did all eat the same spiritual meat. Verse 4, And did all drink the same spiritual drink. Do you realize the significance of what Shaul or Paul is saying here? That they had the same spiritual meat that we should be having today and all drink the same spiritual drink that we should be drinking today. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, which proves that the Elohim of the Old Testament was the Messiah, Yeshua. Verse 5. And with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Verse 6. Now these things were our examples, were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 7. Neither should you be idolaters, as some of them were, as it was written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. This is uh, found in, uh, in Exodus. Uh, verse 8, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000. Verse 9, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, that again, the God of the Old Testament, as proved in this chapter, was the Messiah, Yeshua. The Christ. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed as serpents. Verse 10. Neither murmur as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are to come. So we need to take what I just have, have, have revealed to you in the scriptures seriously folks. It was for them. It's for us today. We should keep the commandments as well. And I'm just trying to, to prove this in the simplest I can to help you to understand that the law is for for all of mankind and that we should all be keeping the laws of God. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 56, Verse 6, also the sons of the stranger that joined themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Shabbat from polluting it and take of hold of my covenant or agreement. Verse 7, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of prayer, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices. Okay, that's still going to be a part of things in the millennium shall be accepted upon my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. 
for all peoples, not just for the Jews only. Isaiah chapter 66, Isaiah chapter 66, starting in verse 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. So, in verse 23, and it shall come to pass from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another shall all flesh come to worship me. So, um, keeping the new moon day, which I've discussed uh, in a previous broadcast, uh, it was the, the Passover and the new moon or the new moon and the Passover. I talk about the new moon. And that's a day that we should observe. If we can take that day off, we should. But if not, it's not a Shabbat. Uh, you should still have a special Bible study or a special dinner uh, acknowledging the start of the new month or the new moon. And from one Shabbat to another shall all flesh come to worship before me. So a part of worship is keeping the Shabbat, which has everything to do with also with keeping the holy days uh, in Leviticus chapter 23, and also new moons. Because by keeping the new moons, you'll be able to properly keep the holy days. Verse 24, And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm, meaning that you know, there's going to be worms eating up the bodies, or, yeah, eating up the bodies, basically, that's going to be in the, the valley there of Gehenna. Neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So, let's understand that we must keep the commandments, folks. Uh, the, the law is not done away with, and that we must follow Yeshua's example of keeping the commandments if we expect to have eternal life. Uh, next week, I'm going to begin my series of Bible studies on the basic doctrines of Elohim that's revealed in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 to 2, and Elohim willing, I plan on uh, developing or producing a PDF document that I will distribute uh, on my uh, website, and also anyone that asks that will, I hope, explain the teachings, the basic teachings of Elohim. Um, Paul stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Actually, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 10. Now I beseech thee, brethren, by this name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So why do we have these different denominations and assemblies in the United States and around the world that are preaching different things? Why do we have division, folks? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, it kind of explains the reason why we have division. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 that there should be no schism, that means division, in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. That's the problem. We don't care for one another as we should, and that's the reason why there's a schism. And for us to start caring for one another as we should, we need to start obeying all the commandments of God, because when you don't care for someone, you don't love them. And when you don't love somebody, you're not obeying the commandments. 
and part of the major reason why a lot of the assemblies aren't obeying the commandments properly is because, as I revealed to you in Jeremiah chapter 16, we have inherited lies from our past generations. And Revelation 12 verse 9 tells you that the devil has um, succeeded in deceiving or tricking the entire world. We are all born into sin and, and deception. And the only way we can get out of that is by God using me and other people to wake people up and to teach them properly the scriptures. Uh, in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So that is the issue, folks. We need to care about one another. Once we start caring about one another, and once we start believing what the scriptures state, and start with the milk and then add the meat later on, then we will all come into an agreement, and I'm going to do all I can to help us all um, preach the same thing and think the same thing. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, again, the goal, in verse 10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And that word, mine, in the original Greek, means nos, and it means uh, in, in, in feelings, in thoughts, in understanding, and in judgment, uh, cognition, opinion, resolve. We should have the same opinions, the same judgment, the same everything. We should be one, just like the Father and the Son are one. Uh, the assembly should be one as well. And in verse 11 here, it says, For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren. He had the same problem back then as we do today. By them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. What do contentions mean? It means quarrels and debates and strife. And I was talking to someone the other day, last night. He was saying, and I hope he's listening to me today, that uh, why, is, why do we have this problem? And I hope today I'm answering it through the scriptures. Verse 12, now this I say that every one of you says, I, have, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. And in verse 13, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So, you know, th this is a problem, folks. This, is a, this has been a problem back then, and it's a problem today. So we, we have to, uh, you know, verse 19 is, is pretty interesting. It says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring in nothing to understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, and to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men, there's a few that are wise that are called, but not many are, are, are like the wisest people on the earth, like Bill Gates. They're not called. It says, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty men, not many noble are called. A few are, but not many. 
Verse 27, but here's the key verse. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world, or the, the base, the dull, the absurd, to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Okay, so that's the reason the majority of people that are called or who understand the Bible are nothings. They're not great people. You probably have never, you've never heard of me before if you listen to me for the first time. I'm not a great person. Not according to this world anyway. And the way they look at people who are great. People are considered great if they got money, they look nice, and they're famous and all that. Or they're a great athlete. But God is not very impressed by that unless you're obeying his, his commandments. So anyway, i leave you with that. And I'm going to start with uh, the first doctrine of God, basic doctrine of God next week, which is repentance, repentance or changing from dead works. So God willing, uh, I'll be available next week. May Elohim bless and keep you and protect you. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 